I learned a life lesson, and it has proved to be a very valuable life lesson. And I'm sure that many of you have learned this life lesson as well. Uh, all my life, uh, I have always bought the cheap stuff. Uh, all my clothes have been the cheap stuff. Uh, if there's a shirt that's $10 and there's a shirt beside it that's $5, I'm getting the one that's $5. I still to this day, if I go to Kohl's, you know, the department store Kohl's, I'm not buying anything unless it's on sale in the first place. And then we have one of them coupons that says take an additional 30% off. And I still won't buy it unless we have some Kohl's cash. So I'm talking, I, I don't even hardly pay attention to stuff unless it's 80 and 90% off. I'm not buying it. That's how I've been all my life, buy the cheap stuff. You know, just get whatever's cheapest, and you name it. Tools, car parts, clothing, appliances, food, just get the cheap stuff for me that's good enough for me. And, you know, a lot of times when you're first starting out, when you're first married, that's kind of all you can afford is just get the cheapest option available. You know, you can't afford to buy steaks every single week. You just got to get ground beef. You got to get the cheap stuff. You know, but for me, if there was a decision to be made, because... Over the years, you know, you buy appliances, refrigerators, washers, dryers. If there was a dryer, one was $300, and the one right beside it was $400, I didn't even look at it. Let's get the one for $300. That's just how I've always been. Just get the cheaper one. Car parts. I'm sure a lot of you guys have been to an auto parts store, and you know how you say, hey, uh, give me brake pads for my F-150 or whatever your vehicle is, and they'll say to you, you want good, better, or best? You know, I'm sure there's someone in here has had bought something that that's what the sales clerk says. You want good, better, or best, which pretty much means cheapo junk, halfway decent, or do you want something really good? Now, I've always said good, which means the cheapo stuff. Just give me the cheapo stuff. The brake pads that are $10, give me those. I don't want the $50 ones. Give me the cheapos. That's how I've always been. Just give me the cheap ones. Now, that this life lesson I'm telling you about, I learned many years ago, okay? And, and here is the life lesson that I learned. It's not always good to get the cheap stuff, is it? It's not always the right thing to do to buy the cheapo stuff, okay? And, and I remember the day, the very day, as bad as my memory is, I remember the very day that this life lesson many years ago started clicking with me. Now, you might laugh, but I needed a garden hose, okay, a hose. Everyone has a hose at their house, I'm sure. Brothers and sisters, I don't know what it is with me and hoses, but it's just like there's natural enmity between me and hoses. I have been through many a hoses. You give me a hose, I will break it within a month or two, and that's because I buy the cheapos. You know, we all have been to the store and you see the cheap like fluorescent green ones you know they're five ten dollars whatever they are 15 feet long they just don't last do they I have been through numerous hoses per season I just don't know what I've broken hoses here at this church trying to hose things off a sidewalk and poosh, they burst and get water all over me because they're the cheapos right we've all seen the the cheapos too that they have uh, that like coil up you know you can stretch them out and they're 25 feet long when you're done with it you just let it go and it goes and sucks back and it's barely a foot long you know those might be 10 bucks or so but I remember the very day 
that this started finally clicking in me that it's not always good to buy the cheapo piece of junk. That sometimes it's good to pony up and buy the good stuff. I remembered like it was yesterday, I was at Lowe's and I had had another hose broke. It just bursted on me. They always burst. You ever seen them where they get a big bubble in them? I don't know what it is. Mine always do that. They burst or they leak like no one's business. I've been trying to spray stuff and water's running down my arms and because the seals are never any good, they're always too short. They're just They dry rot. I don't know what it is with these cheap hoses, but that's what I've always bought and I've always dealt with that. I was in Lowe's one day, and I needed that garden hose. It, another one had burst on me, and I was tired of it. And like I said, this lessons just started in me. Maybe you shouldn't buy the $5 garden hoses. Maybe you should pony up a little bit. So as I'm seeing these hoses, you know, here's the cheapo, the green ones, you know, 6 bucks. I, I take a step over. Here's the coiled up ones or whatever, $10, $15. But brothers and sisters, then I stepped down and, and I, I saw this. I'm going to need my helper Chase up here just for a moment. I, I brought something in I want to show you. I want to show you the king of all garden hoses. Chase, if you'll hold this up for me. Okay, just uh, look at this baby. 75 feet long. I won't, uh, I won't unstretch all of it, but extra thick. You can set it down, Chase. Thank you. Give Chase a round of applause. Thank you very much, Chase. This, this thing's extra thick, no cracks, no bubbles, no weaknesses, no leaks at all. I bet you this hose is, it's got to be 13 or 14 years old. Matter of fact, when I first got it, the first few years in the wintertime, I would take it off and put it down in my basement and keep it warm so it wouldn't get messed up. I don't, I don't do that anymore, and it still doesn't leak. Contractor grade, this is the king of all hoses. You know, I can take this hose and uh, my spigot is in the back of my house, I can wrap it around one side of my house and water stuff. I can pull it clear around to the other side, water stuff on the other side of my house. It can, my, my spigot's not even really close to my driveway, but with this baby, I, I can unspool it all the way out. I can wash my cars in the driveway. It's a nice, water no longer leaks down my arms. There's no big giant bubble spots in my hose because I ponied up and bought the good stuff finally. Those other hoses, whatever they are, $10, $15, if memory serves me, I think I paid $50 or $60 for this hose. But I ponied up, and I bought the good stuff. For one of the first times in my life, I bought the good stuff. Them other hoses, they were cheapos, but not this one. This has been the best hose I have ever had in my entire life. And now I no longer go back a couple times a year to buy another cheapo hose because I ponied up. And I bought the good stuff. I got the good stuff. And now I got a good hose. And that thing is awesome. I love my hose. <laughs> but listen to me. The good stuff is costly. The good stuff is going to cost you some money. If you want the good stuff, you're going to pay for it. You are. I brought one more item I wanted to show to you. Uh, there's, uh, I, I'm cursed when it comes to garden hoses. And I had some sort of curse on me at birth with weed eaters, too. Anyone ever have problems with goofy little things like this? I'm sure you guys do, too. Now, remember, I've told you I've always bought the cheapo stuff. And we all know that there's the, whatever the name brand is, I'm not sure, but there's like the $99 weed eaters, right? The, they might last for 
a season or two, they work good. Then that third season, they start smoking real bad. Then they won't hardly start. Then you got to start working on them. Then you got to take the carburetor out and try to clean them. And you're soaking them in gas all the time and doing all this stuff. And then they just completely quit altogether. I have been through that several times. And, and remember, I, I said this life lesson is finally starting to click in me. Jason, it isn't good to always buy the cheapo stuff. Some stuff you might get away with it, but there's some stuff you're going to keep doing it the rest of your life. You're going to have to keep buying these things because they don't last. Sometimes you have to pony up and get the good stuff. So I brought my weed eater in this morning. Brothers and sisters, I'm telling you, would you take a look at this? I'll let you get a good look at it. The Husqvarna 223L straight shaft commercial grade weed eater. Now, it might not look like much to you, but this thing is, it's eight or nine years old at least. But to me, this is one of my pride and joys. This is commercial grade. This is meant to be used on a daily basis. You know, the guys that have the businesses that they go and they mow and weed eat every single day, this could handle that. It's meant for everyday use because I was tired. I bought this. I was tired of buying weed eaters every couple years or so, and I was tired of working on them. This weed eater can sit for six months and never be touched. Getting kicked around in the garage, the kids knocking it over, whatever. I can go grab it, uh, uh, a couple pulls, it fires right up. Brothers and sisters, I, I have nearly brush hogged with this weed eater. <laughs> I, I have. There's small trees, it doesn't matter, I just go to town. If you could see, you, you can come and look after the service. Come and check my string. Come and look at the string, how thick and tough this string is. You know the, the cheap string that's real skinny? Uh-uh, not on this thing. This thing's got nearly, it's almost like some braided steel cable is on this thing. You can just go to town. I'm sure my neighbors have looked at me and thought, what in the world is this man doing? There's vegetation flying everywhere when I weed eat. I don't care what it is, I weed eat it. I, now, I don't really like weed eating, but when you have this thing, I'm, it's so powerful. It's got so many RPMs, you can just whack anything down with that thing. It, it is just awesome. I, I love that weed eater. I've had it for, like I said, eight or nine years because I got tired of buying those cheapos. And I remember, I, I think that was Home Depot I got that. And I remember you look at this section and here's the $89 weed eaters. And I, I don't know. And then you move over here, here's $150 weed eaters. But then I stepped down one more and I was so sick and tired of buying these goofy weed eaters and working on them. I don't want to spend all my time working on stuff. I want it to just work. And, man, I stepped down. And, brothers and sisters, I, I still remember because it was painful. I gave, I gave almost $300 for that weed eater. 300 bucks. Now, I'm telling you, that's three times as much as the cheapos. But I'll tell you what. It works like a champ because I ponied up and I got the good stuff. But the lesson is my hose... My weed eater, if you want the good stuff, it's going to cost you. It is going to cost you. Oh, it's painful giving up that money, isn't it? I'm not a rich guy, and when I bought all these things, you know, you have these young kids at home. I was working at the bakery, and $300 is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But I was so tired of it, and this lesson was just churning in me. Hey, Jason, you can't keep just throwing your money out, throwing money at these problems. Get something that will solve the problem once and for all. So I ponied up on the hose, and I ponied up on this weed eater, and I got the good stuff. But they costed me a lot of money. That's four or five times the amount of a normal one, three or four times the cost of a normal one. Brothers and sisters, 
if you want the good stuff, it's going to cost you. It is going to cost you. So that's my life lesson. Don't get the cheap stuff. Get the good stuff. It'll cost you, but it's worth it. It's worth it. I no longer have to fool around with leaks in my hoses and messing with starting my weed here. They fire up every single time. But it costed me a lot of money. Listen, to start the year off, New Hope, I think the Lord wants us to make sure that we have the good stuff. Make sure that we have the correct gospel. Okay, make sure we have the good one, the right one, the authentic one, the one that's actually talked about in this Bible. Okay? Do we have authentic biblical salvation in Christ Jesus? Do we have the real deal? Do we have the good stuff? Because the good stuff costs you. It does. The good stuff costs you. Or do you have a cheapo imitation of the gospel? Do you have an on-sale $20 gospel? Do you have, you remember the days of Kmart, the blue light special gospel? Do you have a Walmart roll back the price gospel? The, the gospel that you have just cost you $10 or $15 or three easy payments and I'm done. Or did, did you get your salvation from the clearance rack? Because I'll tell you, yes, salvation is free, but it ain't cheap. It's costly. Very costly. Because let me tell you, church, the real gospel, the, the real one that is in this book, it's going to cost you. It'll cost you. Many times it'll cost you dearly. It'll cost you something. Now, I'm not talking about name it and claim it. I'm not talking about prosperity. I'm not talking about most of the stuff you flip on TV or radio and you'll hear that. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm not talking about blessings for all. I'm not talking about a gospel where you're always rich, always healthy, always everything is good, blessed all the time. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the real deal, biblical gospel. Do you have the good stuff this morning? Because I've been reading in the book of Acts. And he ever poked around a little bit in the book of Acts? Whew. I'll tell you what, you can read about the real deal in the book of Acts. What the gospel actually is in the book of Acts. Not what this guy says, is not what that guy, what it actually is. You can read about in the book of Acts. You see, the book of Acts is where Christianity explodes into this world. It explodes. Jesus Christ had just did his work and he has ascended. And then you have the apostles, and these apostles, it's captured in the book of Acts, their travels, and they begin to preach this word, they begin to preach the gospel, they begin to preach redemption of sins through Jesus Christ, they begin to preach the resurrection of Christ Jesus. And boy, what the Lord Jesus did turns the world absolutely upside down. And it's all captured in the book of Acts. If you're wondering, hey, this is a new year, what should I read in the Bible? Get in the book of Acts. Come read it and come let me know what you think about it. But it's all recorded in the book of Acts. And I, I look at the gospel that the apostles had. I look at the gospel that the disciples had. And then I look at the gospel that we have today. I compare the two and I find that they're not the same. They're different. Listen, Galatians chapter 1 verse 6 says... 
I marvel. Now, this is the Apostle Paul, and he's kind of getting on the case of the Galatians, the churches in Galatia. He's getting on their case. And he says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. Brothers and sisters, it is a thing where people can pervert the real gospel. It does happen. Preachers and pastors and people pervert the real thing. They utilize it for themselves. They cheapen it. They make it a blue light special gospel. And it is not. Mankind has made the gospel into a Walmart roll back the price gospel. They make it about getting rich and being blessed all the time. But that is just not what I find when I read Acts. I'm only telling you what I read. That's just not what I find. I don't find what they preach on TV. I do not find it in the book of Acts. I don't. You know what I found when I read Acts? I find that when an individual embraces the gospel, when an individual subscribes to the gospel, it costs them a great deal. That's what I find. Listen, we'll go through a, a few examples. Uh, our first example from the book of Acts is Peter and John. We all know who those two are. In Acts chapter 3, Peter is preaching. They had actually just healed a lame man in, at the temple. And people were looking at Peter and John and saying, Whoa, look what these guys did. And Peter and John say, Hey, don't look at us. We didn't do it. We're just telling you Jesus Christ did it. We, we laid hands on him and we said in Jesus' name and this man was healed. So it's really starting to cause a stir. And then Peter begins to preach to all these people. And I wanted to read to you part of his little sermon here. Just Acts chapter 3 verse 19. Listen, this is what he's preaching. He says, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. He is preaching Christ to people. He is preaching the gospel to these people. But let's see what it costs him. Acts chapter 4 verse 1 says, and as they spoke unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was now eventide. So there's the first thing that it gets Peter and John, a trip to jail. It says they put them in hold, that means jail. Well, wait a minute. I thought they were supposed to get a brand new Cadillac. I thought they were supposed to get a mansion. I thought it was supposed to be blessings all the time. No, 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 no. The real stuff is costly. So it lands Peter and John a trip to jail. Listen, the very next chapter, the apostles are at the temple. They're on Solomon's porch. And, man, it's just exploding. Christianity is exploding at this point. And the apostles are praying for people and they're being healed and all people from all around the region are bringing sick and lame and blind people to them. And they're praying for them. And there's lots of healings going on. And listen, in Acts chapter 5, verse 17, says, Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation, and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. Here they are again in jail, brothers and sisters. Well, wait a minute, I thought the gospel was supposed to get me a new car. I thought the gospel was supposed to make me rich and everything's happy and everything is good. What am I doing in jail? It's because the difference is 
between our gospel and the early church gospel is theirs was costly. Theirs costed them a lot. Theirs costed them dearly. So here they are in jail again for preaching the gospel because of the costliness of the real truth. Oh, people hate truth. You see? People, it's so funny that Christ walked this planet almost 2,000 years ago and people hate his guts to this day. Hate him. Well, you can't even say Merry Christmas anymore. They hate him so bad. Why? Because it's truth. But see, see what I'm saying? It's starting to line up that the gospel of today doesn't line up with the, the gospel that the early church had, that the apostles had, that, that, that just don't seem to match. Acts chapter 5. So, so what happens is this gospel starts blowing up. And these Sadducees and the Pharisees are like, hey, we got to put a stop to this. I can't stand this. I don't want to hear about Jesus. And they're trying to plot and plan what they can do with these apostles. Well, there's a doctor named Gamaliel, I believe is how they pronounce his name. And he says, hey, hold on, hold on. He said, we, we've seen this before. You know, a certain guy rises up and proclaims to be a Christ or a Messiah. He fizzles out a few years later. Yeah, they might get a few followers here and there, but it fizzles out. So Gamaliel says, let it run its course. So they kind of say, all right, Acts chapter 5, verse 40 says, And to him they agreed, meaning Gamaliel, the doctor. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Listen, and they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple... And in every house, they ceased not to teach and to preach Jesus Christ. Do you see now the contrast between the gospel of today and the gospel of the early church? They hear they've been in jail already a couple times, some of them. And now they get called to this, in front of this council and they receive threatenings and beatings. But instead of them moping away like we would, oh, look what happened to me, everybody. They come out and they rejoice over their beatings. They rejoice over their jail sentence. They rejoice over the threatenings because they were counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. Their gospel is different than the one we got, brothers and sisters. I'm convinced of it. And I think the Lord wants us to say, hey, which gospel do you have? Do you got the rollback cheapo gospel or do you got the real deal? Because the real deal, it'll cost you. It'll cost you. I just hope you're seeing the trend. Now the gospel has cost them beatings, threatenings, jail. I just don't know if that's what we've got. Is that what I've got? Is it what you got? Next we can talk about one of my favorite people of the Bible, Stephen. Now the Bible doesn't say a ton about Stephen. There's not a ton in there about him other than he was full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit. Actually says Stephen was full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. So this man was a man of God. He was full from head to toe of the Holy Spirit. You know, matter of fact, when Stephen would preach and people would try to argue against him, 
it, would, it said that they could not resist him. They could not resist his wisdom. They could not resist the spirit that was in him. Nobody could. None of the religious leaders of that time trying to stop him, they could not resist him. Matter of fact, one time when Stephen was preaching, he was so full of the Holy Spirit that the people watching him were amazed and they were like, whoa, what in the world? Because it says they beheld his face. They saw him as though he had the face of an angel. So I don't know what was going on with this Stephen, but I'm telling you, he was a man of God. Okay? So let's read what happens to Stephen. Okay, so Stephen's preaching. You know, they, they look at his face. It looks like the face of an angel. Acts chapter 7, verse 54. This is, I won't read Stephen's sermon, but man, he, he's really preaching the word of God. And Acts chapter 7, verse 54 says, And when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeling down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he said this, he fell asleep. They killed him. Okay, here they are putting apostles in jail. Here they are threatening them. Here they are beating them. Multiple trips to jail. Now they're starting to kill people over this gospel. They killed Stephen. They stopped their ears and look at Stephen. He didn't say, Lord, where are you at? Lord, how are you going to treat me this way? He says, oh, Lord, receive me. I'm coming home, Lord. Well, he's got something that we don't have is all I'm saying. His gospel is different than the one that we got today. Boy, he was able to look into heaven as they're picking up. Do you know what stoning is? They grabbed big old stones and they put you there and everybody hurled them at you until you were dead. A very violent way to go. But yet this man, he's saying, Lord, don't even lay this sin at their feet. Well, I think if people would stone me, I'd be saying, Lord, kill all of them. Destroy every last one of them. But yet Stephen, he looks up and he sees the Lord standing. Oh, I'm telling you. They, they, they had something, the early church had something different than what we got. And you better be careful saying, well, I want what they got. You better be careful of that, because it's going to cost you. They killed him. The gospel, this, costed Stephen his life. He paid for it in his own blood. Apostles are being thrown in jail. They killed Stephen. Where's the name it and claim it? The walk around it and it's yours. The just have faith and all your problems go away. Stephen had tons of faith, but them stones didn't go away. They killed him. It's because the early church had the real deal. Acts chapter 12, verse 1. Listen to this now, all right? Acts chapter 12, verse 1. says, now about that time, Herod, the king, stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. There's another one dead. Where's his name and claim it? Where's his limousine he's supposed to be riding around? Where's his private jet? They killed him. He paid for 
his beliefs with his own blood, dead, killed with the sword by Herod the king. Now, do you remember who James is? He, he's one of the first disciples of Jesus Christ. Listen, Matthew says, in Matthew 4, 21, you don't have to turn there, but it says, In going from thence, this is Jesus, he saw other two brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called to them, and they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. That James, that decision right there to leave his nets and follow Jesus costed him his life. They killed him with the sword. Why? Because the truth is very costly. And I'm telling you, I'm convinced that it has been cheapened these days. James killed for his decision to leave them nets and fishing and follow Christ. At some point, it costed him his life. Brothers and sisters, if you want the good stuff, it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you. Mark my words. I'm curious, do you have the good stuff? Do you have the real deal? Do you have what this book actually talks about? Let's keep reading. And I will hurry. Acts chapter 12, verse 3. We'll continue where we were. And it says, And because he saw, this is Herod, And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. So Peter gets yet another trip to jail. And they got plans to kill him. Now, you know, the apostles and disciples many times were delivered, but here they are again. What do you think, Peter? What, what would we think if we're in jail? All we ever did was trying to preach, try to do good, and here I am in jail. I'd be saying, Lord, where are you? Lord, how come you failed me? Lord, why did you bail out on me? Not Peter. He kept right on going. Why? Because he had the good stuff, the real faith. That the Bible talks about. Let's just a couple more examples. Let's look at Paul and Barnabas now. See what happened to them. Let's see if they had a life of no sickness, no harm, all blessings, everything good. Acts chapter 13, verse 44 says, In the next Sabbath day came almost the whole city together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy and spoke against those things which were spoken by Paul, contradicting and blaspheming. Then Paul and Barnabas waxed bold and said, It was necessary that the word of God should first have been spoken to you, but seeing you put it from you and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, lo, we turn to the Gentiles. For so hath the Lord commanded us, saying, I have set thee to be a light of the Gentiles, that thou should be for salvation unto the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as were ordained to eternal life believed. And the word of the Lord was published throughout all the regions. Now listen. But the Jews stirred up devout and honorable women in the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coasts. But they 
shook off the dust off their feet against them and came to Iaconium, and the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Paul and Barnabas preaching, all they're trying to do is preach and help people to get saved and show them the Lord and point them to the way of the Lord. But the gospel is costly. People don't like it. People don't like the truth. And they stir up a bunch of people and it gets them kicked out of, I believe they're in Antioch, it gets them kicked out of Antioch. What do the disciples do? Oh, the Lord, where he did No, they just shook the dust off their feet and they say, thank you, Jesus. Where do you want us to go to next? They had something different than what we have. That's what I'm saying this morning. They had something different. It says, and the disciples were filled with joy. They just got kicked out. What if this is your hometown, Zanesville? What if the mayor came and said, hey, get the heck out of this town. We don't want you here. Move. Get out. We'd say, hey, what's going wrong? I'm going to sue you. I live here. I pay my bills. The disciples said it was filled with joy. What about Paul and Silas? Acts chapter 16, verse 19 says, And when her masters saw that the hope of their gains was gone, there actually was this young girl that was following Paul and Silas around. and She was like this soothsayer type girl or or something like that. And she kept on really being a thorn in their side, just really burdening them and following them every day. And Paul finally gets tired of it and rebukes this spirit in this girl in Jesus' name. The spirit comes out. Well, the master of that girl, who used to make money from her, he says, And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city." and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Roman. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. Listen, and when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks." Where's their private jet? Where's their mansion? The, the gospel that they had is different than what we have today. Paul and Silas preaching the word of God, delivering evil spirit out of the young girl. What's it get them? It gets them a trip to prison. It gets them a beating, not only in prison, but their feet for fast in the stocks. Boy, they had a different gospel than we have today. Theirs is different than ours. Now listen, the, the Bible doesn't actually tell us what happens to all the rest of the disciples or the apostles, mainly because they're the ones that wrote this. So how can you write things after you're deceased? They were writing this, so it doesn't really tell us in the Bible what happens to a lot of the disciples and the apostles. But we do have some non-biblical accounts, and we know historically that Christians have not been treated good, especially the early church. But I just wanted to tell you something. We have some writings. You may have heard of the writings of Josephus. We have some writings of Josephus that describe James, the other James, or two Jameses. He was stoned to death. Okay, And these are very reliable documents. We have another document called the Martyrdom of Bartholomew that tells us that Bartholomew was beheaded. Listen now, biblical scholars believe Paul was beheaded 
Fox's Book of Martyrs claims that Philip and Jude were crucified. They also say that Peter was crucified upside down. Now, these are non-biblical accounts. You can do what you want with them, but we do have other historical documents. Simon and Matthew were killed. Listen, they believe that possibly the only disciple that was not murdered, they think may have been John, is the only one that died of natural causes. All the, other of them, all the others were killed, murdered for their beliefs. Now, Listen, I'm not saying that you should be killed if you're not killed for the gospel that you don't have the real. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying if you haven't been in jail because of preaching that you don't have the real deal. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that this real gospel, it will cost you something. At some point in your life, it will cost you. If I can invite Rod and the band to make your way back, uh, please, listen friends it'll cost you this gospel it'll cost you friends i've seen it happen it'll cost you ridicule it'll cost you family members i have seen it happen i have been involved in it it will cost you relationships it will it will cost you opportunities they will vanish because of the costliness of this truth gone they don't want anything to do with you because of the gospel. If you desire the good stuff in one way or the other, it will cost you. Listen, Matthew chapter 10, verse 35 says, Jesus says, For I am come to set a man at variance against his father, and the daughter against her mother, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Verse 36 says, And a man's foes shall be they of his own household. Now why would that be? Because it's truth. It doesn't always sit well with everyone. Someone somewhere is going to have a problem with this thing. And they're going to say, hey, nah, you can get out of my face. There is going to, that's what happens when you bring up Jesus. It's going to cost you something. Mark my words, it's going to cost you something. You know why? Because this word is the truth. It, it is truth. That, that's what makes it so controversial. Jesus spoke truth. He spoke the words of God. That's why He's so controversial. Even all these years later. You know, this word calls itself gold tried in the fire. Meaning it's refined and pure. God's words are true and every man's a liar. He is so true. You know what this word is? Jesus describes it in a parable as the pearl of great price. It's the pearl of great price. It'll cost you everything, but you, when you have that one pearl you've been looking for all your life, that's it. I got it. Don't want anything else. I got the real deal right here. It's very costly. Brothers and sisters, there is nothing cheap about this book. Do you know how many people... I, I wanted to preach about this too. Matter of fact, I will someday, just not today. Do you know how many people have paid in blood to get this Bible translated into English. You look them up, Wyclef. You look up William Tyndale. Look up, see what happened to them. They paid in their blood so that we could have this English translation of this Bible. I'll preach about it someday, I promise. Because it's wonderful. It's a spectacular story of how we got this word. Spectacular. The King James version of the Bible is very reliable. It's the truth. They've compared it against all. It's just awesome. I love the story of how we got the King James Bible.
But listen, this is very costly. It will cost you. Let's, let's start this year off by making sure we have the good stuff. That we pony up and we have the good stuff. The costly stuff. Because listen, if this hasn't costed you, you've been saved 20 years, 30 years, and it hasn't costed you anything, be careful of what you've subscribed to. Be, be careful of what you believe this actually says without reading it and knowing what it actually says. Be careful is all I'm saying. Be careful. If it's costed you nothing and it's been a blue light clearance rack salvation, just be careful. Examine it. Ask God to make sure you have the right gospel. Listen, however, if it has costed you something precious, which I know there's people in here that it has costed you some very precious stuff, be joyful, brothers and sisters. Rejoice and be glad. Why? Because you got the real deal. You got the good stuff. If your heart is broken this morning and you're torn up, rejoice and be glad because you got the right stuff. You got the right stuff. If you've had to make decisions that have caused you great pain over following this word, rejoice and be glad and count yourself glad that you are worthy to suffer for his name. Listen, I want to open these altars.